This is the Carpe Diem Gamecast interview series. Joining us today, Kevin Rohan. Hey there, this is Dan with the Carpe Diem Gamecast. This is yet another episode of our interview series. I was at Archon, a science fiction and fantasy convention that happens uh, yearly in, in Illinois, and uh, was able to catch up with Kevin Rohan of Silver Griffin Games. This is just a quick interview, smack in the middle of the dealer room, where Kevin tells us a little bit about his games and a Kickstarter that they're running. So be sure to check out that page. And so without further ado, here's my interview with Kevin Rohan. I'm here with a very interesting guest. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Well, my name is Kevin Rohan. I'm with Silver Griffin Games, okay. and we're a small press publisher out of Northwest Iowa and Minneapolis. Okay, fantastic. And uh, what, what do you publish? We have a pretty good gamut of stuff that we publish. We have two house systems. One is called Ingenium, which is fantasy-driven, and it has a, a very unique character creation system to it that requires only three words, okay. and it creates your whole character right there. And it's extremely good for playing high fantasy. It's got a very, very friendly, very fun feel. It's kind of an epic feeling to it. It's a good time to play. And then the other system that we have is my Aether system, which is a universal system that has a more gritty feeling to it, and you can use it to play anything that you want to with it. Okay. The uh, core book has a random setting generator built into it, and you can use that to generate the time, technology, tone, or genre of your game. Okay. And from there, you just put it together and go. Or you can use the modern skeleton that's provided in the game to do whatever you want to. All right. Uh, sounds interesting. Uh, give, me a, give me a basic idea of the mechanics. What's, uh, how's well, it work? Well, um, Aether uses D100s, and you have a uh, skill roll plus a base attribute modifier plus your uh, dice. Okay. You add it all three together. You want to get as high as you can. And you have to beat a target number. Sometimes those target numbers are pretty high. Sometimes it's an opposed roll with another player. All right. Your Ingenium, the same system? Ingenium uses its own engine. That's a, uh, the creation of my business partner, Ben Overmeyer. Okay. And it's mostly D10 based. Um, the damage is dependent on weapon type. You know, smaller weapons do D4, bigger weapons do, do 2D6, 2D8, okay. you know, depending on weapon, of course. Most of the base mechanics are D10 plus an attribute. And then you have talent pools, which will give you modifiers to those to those roles. So those represent your basic skills and your class abilities. Okay. As far as your two systems that you have, um, your in-house systems, Ingenium mm-hmm. and Aether, what are the limitations? Ingenium is geared mostly for fantasy. We have done some modern stuff with it. Okay. Um, but it's it's really it's purely fantasy at heart. Aether, you can do anything with. Okay. One of the scenarios that we run is called Adventure in a Con. And you have a table full of players, they generate the setting on the spot, and we just run it. And it can handle anything that you can throw at it, any technology, any time. Neat. So there's zero prep? Pretty much. Pretty much. As long as your knowledge base is good and the uh, setting generator includes short paragraphs to just give a quick rundown of technology, times, right. you know, just to, to get you in the mood to, to show you where we're thinking of having you go, or you just take it and go with it in your own direction. That sounds pretty neat. Now, uh, before we started recording, you told me a little story about um, trying to gather maybe a cartographer, a yep. writer, that's, something like that at the con. That's the other part of adventure in a con. We try to get the entire adventure done within the space of the con. Okay. So all of the art 
talent that's supplied for the book. We try to find con talent. And so far, we've had a 100% success rate for that. Nice. If we need cartography for it, we find in-house, in-con cartographers. Okay. We're just like, hey, I need a cartographer. Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. You know, we wander around, see who's doing what, see who fit best fits the adventure after we, after we run it. Right. And then after we get all those components lined up, I spend the rest of the night Friday and pretty much all day Saturday actually writing an adventure that will be published based on the uh, adventure that was run that night. And then all of the players who ran it get their signatures in it and get their names in it, characters are listed. So it's it's a very personal feel for them. So it becomes, you take this uh, amorphous thing. It's it's a randomly generated adventure, time frame, characters. Mm. Yep, everything. characters are run right there on the spot. Nothing okay. is pre-gen. And then you turn it into something that becomes pre-gen. How does the gaming experience then lend itself? Well, um, after it's already, you know, you know what I'm saying. After I know what the you're surprise saying. is up, yep. how does after, it uh, how does it work? Well, my adventures that I write, right. with, whether it's adventure in a con or anything for a Wellstone City setting or anything else, tend to be very sandboxy in nature. Okay. There's an end goal. There's a place. And there's all the other toys that are put in there for you to play with. Right. Other creatures, characters, NPCs, weapons, whatever. And then it's up to the players to decide how to get to that end game. Okay. And sometimes the end game changes a little bit from the initial game that the players ran through, but it's always based on what they did. So, uh, obviously, it goes without saying, you do a lot of con GMing? Um, yeah, yeah. This year we've hit a con almost every month. Wow. And we're two hours from anywhere where I'm located at. Ben's up in Minneapolis, so he's got more access. But, right. um, you know, so it's, it's a challenge to get the time off and, and get everything else rounded up. But, yeah, we love doing it. It's just, it's great. Neat. Do you, when you're not running cons, do you game at home? Oh, yeah. We do a lot of Savage World stuff, and uh, that's one of the other things that we support is Savage Worlds. We're one of their licensees. Right. And um, we do that. You know, I have a game night that meets Friday night in a different group that meets on Monday. Ben, uh, I think his groups have gone kind of into hiding until fall and, and stuff starts slowing down a little bit for everybody, and then they're going to pick back up again. Okay. One of my writers is in uh, the Monday night game group. I got uh, the guy who's main in my booth today. Is in both game groups, and uh, my wife games with us. It's it's just a really fun time. You mentioned that uh, Silver Griffin Games is a licensee of Savage Worlds. What yes. do you put out for that? Well, we stripped the Wellstone City setting out of the Aether book, okay. and that became its own Savage Worlds setting, and they just went nuts over that. And What's uh, Wellstone City? Wellstone City is a fictitious city set in the south, and it's an island off the coast of Louisiana. Um, time period? Time period, the... Setting itself is set up any place from, I think, 1560 wow. clear on up. And there's a, just a real brief rundown, you know, what was going on in the Caribbean, what was right. going on on the mainland. And so if you want to base something in, say, the golden age of piracy, say, okay. 1660s, right. you know, you know what's on the island. But the uh, the book itself is geared for modern. And it's set up, you know, everything is... everything bad and corrupt that happens in the world happens in Wellstone City. There's crime lords that run the family, street gangs are running around. You know, decent people live there, decent people work there, but it's not their story. Right. You know, it's, it's a story about the PCs doing whatever they need to do to do jobs, whether they're working for or against the crime syndicates. Okay. You know, they can form alliances, they can shred those alliances, and it's, it's basically, you know, dirty hair and lethal weapon and Die Hard and all those 80s and early 90s movies just balled up into one setting. All right, I'm in. All right. <laughs> all right, what else you got? Well, we also have Zombocalypse, which... Zombocalypse. Zombocalypse. All right, I'm, I'm in already. 
started out as another Aether book, and we were in with the Savage community, and they begged us to port it over to a Savage-specific version. Okay. So we actually have two versions of the book at our, at our table. Both books have the same stuff in them. It's just mechanically, right. you know. It's a zombie-building toolkit, plain and simple. It has 13 different zombie qualities in it, ranging from armor to toughness to speed, strength, smarts, okay. everything. And it's got four different tiers within those 13 qualities. So the combinations that you can make with it are just crazy. Okay. Um, it covers typical zombie tropes, you know, is it space radiation, is it a government experiment, you know. Right. However you want to get introduced. Maybe the PCs never know. You know, that's part of that's part of the genre. Right. There's 30 adventure hooks in it. There's a fully fleshed out Civil War adventure where soldiers from the north, the PCs, have to go to the south and deal with this new secret weapon that, that the south has been working on. Great. Um, there's also rules for using improvised weapons. You know, if, if I've seen it in a movie, like... Um, uh, i gotta, I got to cut you off. Go ahead. Did the, the phrase, the South will rise again, did that come, in, come into play at all it is, anywhere? It is not printed in the adventure, okay. but it has been said every time I've run it. <laughs> all right. But, Just making uh, sure. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great time. Wellstone City, going back to it, it has a fully fleshed out adventure in the back of it. It gets you started, gets you introduced. It's called Public Transit Assassins. The PCs get a missed phone call from one of the crime syndicates. Okay. And they make the decision whether or not to take the job. They don't know anything about the person who called. They don't know anything about the target. They don't know anything about anything. Okay. And they're broke because they're just starting off. They're in the city. So, you know, maybe they spent their starting money to get a gun. Maybe they right. spent it to whatever. But nobody owns a car. Right. So, inevitably, they're taking the cabs, the bus lines, the whatever, to this hit to That's go funny. take out this guy. So That's hilarious. Yeah. That's good stuff. Let's see here. So, we got Zombocalypse. we got uh, Wellstone City. We've got uh, another game and we don't have that in print yet but it's in pdf all okay. of our stuff is in pdf a lot of it's getting to be put into print drive through rpg drive through rpg rpg now and um we're actually selling through amazon okay uh we also actually have our own store at this available at the silver griffin website okay um the other the other main one that we've got right now is called camp wikikini and okay. right now i'm putting the finishing touches on the fourth installment of this okay it started out as a game where i had couple of friends at my house and my wife and they said kevin run something yeah so i'm like oh okay been there you're right right <laughs> and it was close to halloween so horror movies were playing again so i took a look at you know friday the 13th and and uh nightmare on elm street and some of these other movies dawn of the dead right and i built a camp zombie adventure around it okay the pcs are playing the counselors and they're all pre-gen characters and they're all the worst type of stereotypical 80s characters. Okay. It takes place in the early 80s. So there's no cell phones. There's not even a landline out to the camp. They have right. to communicate through a ham radio because they're 20 miles from anywhere. And they're just isolated. And there's this this zombie that rises from the grave. You know, he's been cursed and tries to take out the camp. Okay. Well, the first thing he hits is the counselors. And he doesn't, he's smart, and he doesn't care whether he does it or whether they just tear themselves apart. Okay. So the whole point of the adventure is to turn the PCs into zombies and then let them continue Handle playing business. after that. Okay. And it is it is a great time. You know, right. it's, it's that's a, uh, Camp Wikikini. Camp Wikikini. Right. Um, that's part one. Part two is dealing with the aftermath of that. The PCs play government agents. Nice. And they try to go in and clean up, kind of like a pre-X-File sort of deal. When I run that at cons, I run them back-to-back. So Just getting ready to say that. This sounds like uh, three or four blocks in a row that it, you played. And it's just... been done. It's been okay. done. We... Uh, We've run it before so that the PCs that were still zombies at the end of the first one 
we're still playing those zombies, and we just brought in a fresh group of new people to play. Nice. And it, it was just brutal. You know, the camp was still on fire, everything's still going on. It was just, just horrifying, but everybody just die and laughing. Sounds like a lot of fun. Um, camp Rikikini 3 takes place five years later after a government cover-up, and they fix the camp, and of course it happens again. And Camp Wikikini 4, I don't want to say too much about, but okay. it involves Wellstone City and the camp. Wow, bring so, it home. Oh, there yeah. There you go. That's right. But we've got some other stuff out there, too, but those are the, those are the big hitters right now. Okay. i, I got to ask you, as, as a successful game designer, mm-hmm. what's the worst part about being a game designer? <laughs> There's, you know, it's, it's fun for me. It's always romanticized. It is. It is. My day job doesn't require a lot of thought, so I can put a lot into this. Okay. You know, the, the creative aspect is all handled. Some of the hard part can be, you know, the hard part of running any game, you know. I hate designing new NPCs. Okay. I can do it quickly, but I hate it. It's my right. least favorite part of it. But, you know, I love writing. We, whether it's me writing the adventure or my business partner, Ben, or anybody else, we only write adventures that we love to write. Right. And if we don't love writing it, we can't imagine somebody's going to love playing it. Okay. So. Fair enough. So, uh, how far down the line do you go before you realize, man, I don't want to write this anymore? <laughs> that doesn't normally happen. Um, usually, I'll, <laughs> I'll punch up about two pages worth of notes, and it's like, this is good, I'm going to let this sit, or this is this is something not worth pursuing, or this is something that's going to get pursued later. So do you have, like, the, the top drawer in your bedroom with, like, napkins and matchbooks and stuff like that? Yep. Snippets written on Receipts, it? everything. Yeah. I've I've written on dollar bills and then accidentally spent them, and it's like, uh, oh, that was a really good idea, so I wrote it down because that's what I had, right. and then it was gone. So That's that's good. Well, you gave it to somebody else. Somebody yeah. else has a really yeah. good idea. They're exactly. Not what the hell it was about. <laughs> Zombies and... And nightmares and fire elementals. What is this going on? <laughs> you need to go spend a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, there's there's a couple of questions that I ask everybody that I interview. Sure. Obviously, this is a quick one. Maybe we can touch base at a later date and have a more in-depth interview. I would enjoy that. We're standing in the middle of the dealer room at Archon, and so uh, I bet we've probably had 100 people walk by since we started this. <laughs> yes. But um, the tagline for CarpeGM.net is, What's Your Geek? Mm-hmm. You're a game designer. You've already got published works. Uh, you're already uh, have established a relationship with a very reputable company in mm-hmm. Pinnacle. Yep. What's your geek? Mine's all over the board. Okay. All I over get the that. Board. I get that a lot. <laughs> I get that a lot. Um, part of why Adventure Nikon works so well for me is because I'm I'm all over the place. There's okay. not a lot of stuff that I don't enjoy. Okay. Um, I like 80s sci-fi. 80s sci-fi. 80s sci-fi. Okay. Aliens, Alien, Terminator. Well, Alien was 70s, but still, you know, Close it's, it's it, that's kind of what kick-started the genre, and it, it really yeah. got stuff going to, to high-budget, good-looking stuff. I love movies with practical effects. Okay. You know, it's I don't like my movies to look like a video game, but okay. I'm, I love movies. I love music. I'm a history nerd. I have a history degree. And what, what, uh, what era? I focused mostly in ancient. Ancient? Yep. Okay. And... Um, I was going to be a uh, professor at one point, and you don't have an ancient game of any kind. Like well, true, we've got Aether. Um, <laughs> well, I do have. Okay, so Aether is your is your staple is. there. Um, okay. One of the things that we're doing with Aether right now, we're actually running a Kickstarter, okay. and um, you know, by the time 
whoever's listening to this, that may or may not be valid, but sure. that's for the magic. We'll and put it out there just in case. What, uh, what's the absolutely. Kickstarter it's, called? The Kickstarter is Aethermancy. Okay. It's uh, A-E-T-H-E-R, just like the, the book, and right. then Mancy, M-A-N-C-Y. And it, it's just a magic system that integrates with the core rules. It doesn't bolt on, it fits in. Okay. And that was very, very hard to figure out. So you don't have wizards that are super powerful, but they're not super weak either. Right. Everything is skill-driven with it, so you can have a wizard with as many hit points as your mainline fighter. How does the magic feel? Like the magic of the Conan the Barbarian... Air of uh, genre is more of a blood magic. It's dirty. It's it's gritty, as One. opposed to uh, high fantasy where everything is you know castles floating on tops of mountains that have been chopped off and turned over and sure. so on and so forth. Sure. One of the facets of Aethermancy is you can do whatever you want to with it. It's okay. just like the core book. If you want a down and gritty magic system like right. Conan, it's really easy to put that together. Okay. There's a chapter in it, and it's one of the few chapters I haven't written yet, because the book is mostly done. We're just kickstarting for art. Fantastic. And we want it to be as beautiful and gorgeous as it deserves to be. You know, we've got a lot of fans, and we want to present them a book that they want to, to purchase. Do you have any artists in mind? Um, we worked in the past with Dennis Darmoody, and uh, he did some of the initials for us a long time ago when I was trying to get it out. Okay. And uh, we're looking at going to work with him, and um, I think my business partner has another artist in mind. He handles the art. I handle the writing. Okay. So, Fair enough. Um, the system works just like any other skill, except you can name your casting attributes. So if you want to be a typical wizard, you're probably casting off academics. Right. If you want to be a cleric type, you're probably casting off your will. Sorcerer type, you know, for D&D 3.0 and above, uh, you're probably casting off your wits. Okay. But there's absolutely no reason why you can't cast off your toughness or your strength and yeah. emulate, like, um, more of an anime type. Even like Shaolin monks or Dragon Ball Z characters. Yeah, that's where, that's where I was going. Um, it's very, very easy to emulate that with the magic system. So okay. it doesn't all have to be spells and magic. It can be effects. It can be training. It can be whatever you want to do with it. And how does the how do these spells manifest in game? Uh, is it a Vancean fire and forget type of thing? Is it uh, more like Savage Worlds where you just dress it up with the trappings? It depends. The spells are actually there's in the core book. Uh, for Aethermancy, there was 202 spells originally. Wow. And what we did with the uh, with the Kickstarter was every time we get five pledges in a day, okay. we crack in another five spells. Nice. Every time we hit a $1,000 benchmark, whether one, two, three, four, whatever, we crack in another five spells. So right now, I think we're up to 227. And as of right now, where are we at in the Kickstarter? The Kickstarter, as of this morning, we had a... a 12-hour drive down here, basically, between getting set up and everything else. So I haven't checked it. But um, when I left this morning, there was about $1,300 left to go out okay. of the forty-seven fifty. Um, and how many days? We've got through the 12th of October. Okay. So eight more days, seven more days. All right. Um, it's been... We've, we've talked to people about it. It's been fairly well wide received, you know... Um, we're going up against some pretty aggressive Kickstarters right now, and gamers' budgets are limited. You right. know, sometimes you pick between books and food, and we get that. Right. Uh, we've all been all been there and done it. So, but uh, we really want to hit it. We'd love to hit some of the stretch goals, but we're not going to hit all. And we plan pretty far out on this one. We okay. uh, we ran a Kickstarter last year for dice, and uh, we had our logo emblazoned on those. And I've we, seen the dice, by the way. They're beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. We we learned a lot of lessons from that, yeah. and we actually started a uh, group on Facebook. To help support other people's, it's a Facebook or it's a it's a Kickstarter support group on Facebook. Okay. And it's the largest Kickstarter group for helping Kickstarters on Facebook. Nice. And what's it's, it called? I'm 
foggy on it right now because of the travel, but I want to say it's just Kickstarter support. Okay. And that'll that'll get you there at least. You know, it's right. enough keywords. So we'll definitely take a look at that. Absolutely, absolutely. The final segment of my show is the support segment, where I tell everybody to support the hobby, support the industry, and support your local game store. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then invariably, someone will support something else. What I want to do is ask you to support something that is not necessarily in your own body of work, whether it's an organization, uh, uh, another artist, or you know something like that. Anything. Okay. That's fair enough. Um, we'll do something a little personal for you. Sure. Um, last summer, my wife and I lost our six-year-old son to a drowning accident. Oh, no. And in the wake of that, we had a lot of financial support that we didn't necessarily need. Okay. So instead of us using the money, we started a foundation. We started a fund in his memorial. Okay. And we're using that fund to help families get their kids through swimming lessons. Okay. And right now we have... I think it's six families and 11 kids that we're supporting in our local YMCA. Next year, we're going to expand that out to other area YMCAs in northwest Iowa. Uh, we're looking at doing lifeguard training. We're looking at doing um, uh, CPR training for people. And it's just, just a growing program. Support from the community has been fantastic. Kevin, that's awesome. Thank you. That is absolutely awesome. So sorry for your loss. Appreciate that. Thank you. Um, wow. And uh, what's the organization called? It's the Michael uh, Rohan Memorial Fund. And again, that's on Facebook. We don't have our webpage up and going yet, but it will be. And, um, you know, you can find out more about Michael and what we're trying to do with the money and, and, uh, everything else. And, um, you know, we don't list the families that we've helped, obviously, but we can tell you, tell you some of what's going on with it. Um, we had, uh, one local family who had two daughters who were deathly afraid of water to the point that they couldn't take baths. Wow. And because of work that the fund has been able to help the family with, they're now swimming and they're taking swimming lessons. That's amazing. That's so. fantastic. Uh, doing good work everywhere you do work, apparently, huh? Trying. That's good. Go ahead and tell my listeners where they can find you, uh, how to get a hold of you, so okay. on and so forth. Absolutely. We love talking with fans. You can get a hold of us through our website, and it's www.silvergriffingames.com. Griffin is G-R-Y-P-H-O-N. And, um, you know, you can get a hold of us through contact forums out there. Just shoot us an email. Find us on Facebook. Sure. Uh, we've got a Facebook fan page and a Facebook uh, fan profile. We love talking with our with our fans. We're on Twitter. we got a, a Google Plus community. Great. You know, we're available just about every way we can be. So. Okay. Well, I'll be sure to put links in the show notes for everything. Excellent. Thank and you. I really appreciate you talking to me. All right. Thank you, Dan.